The catacombs of St. Calixtus are located a few miles south of the city of Rome. One bleak morning in 1985, on December 27th, William, my better half, visited this site. The only other tourists there that morning were a young French couple. Before their guide, a monk, took them down into the crypts, he led them into a chapel and up to the creche near the altar. As they all gazed at the nativity scene, the monk quietly asked, would you like to make an offering to the Christ child? The young French couple, secular and perhaps indifferent, stared blankly at the monk and did nothing. But William, after a moment's hesitation, turned to face the manger and sang out in his off-key voice, What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the Son of Mary. The French couple shifted nervously as they looked down at their feet. But the monk nodded slowly and rubbed his beard thoughtfully, and he softly repeated, mm, the babe, the son of Mary. Then they all descended into the catacombs. What child is this to whom we bring laud each Christmas? Matthew begins his gospel by identifying Jesus through his lineage all the way back to Abraham. Luke does the same thing, but he goes even further back, tracing the ancestry to Adam. But John, in today's gospel, doesn't even bother with family lines. He reaches back to before creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Without him, not one thing came into being. And what has come into being in him was life. The Greek word for word is logos, a term that encompasses all kinds of meanings, including speech, language, thought, reason, and message. The ancient Stoics conceived of the logos as the intrinsic rational principle in the universe, ordering all things. And Jews especially in the apocryphal books of Wisdom and Sirach, spoke of Sophia, or Lady Wisdom, a presence that accompanied God from before time. So in this prologue to his gospel that we heard this morning, John places Jesus in that lineage of thought. He was the human incarnation of a cosmic entity we sometimes call Christ. He is the Word, the divine reason, that permeates the world and makes it a meaningful universe rather than a chaos. 
It's just so hard to understand how this timeless abstract concept of logos can be one and the same thing as that little baby in a manger that William sang to and that we still adore today. All-knowing, yet terribly fragile. The paradox is hard to hold, but it's right there in verse 14 of today's gospel, a phrase that just might be the central tenet of our faith. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Divine reason scrunched itself up into the shape of a little baby. Its first bed was a feeding trough in Bethlehem, amid cow manure and donkey dung. Then, this ordering principle of the universe grew into a man and roamed about Palestine, teaching by word and by example that God's love is unconditional and freely offered to those who welcome it into their heart. Finally, the forces of this world, disordered, unreasonable, killed that man for his teachings. But the love he embodied was stronger than death, so he was resurrected and later ascended back into his godness. And maybe this is how it needed to be. Maybe Christ had to come to us in helpless humility so we wouldn't be so frightened at the vastness of God. Maybe Christ chose to be born in pig slop because in so many ways, that's what we live in every day. When life is so hard and so sad and there's crap everywhere, the world's a mess, each Christmas reminds us that God loved us so much that he was willing to be born in it too. Because he wanted to come to where we are in our troubles, in our mess, to show us that none of it is so bad that he can't be with us through it all. Cynthia Rigby, a theologian, marvels how it makes no sense to us that the immutable God of the universe would enter into the bowels of our world in order to be with us. The salvation we expected was supposed to come from a throne, not a manger. A manger is a feeding trough for animals. Yet that is how Jesus comes to us in great humility. The Latin root of the word humility is humus, which means soil, earth. Our God is born amid the muck and earthiness of a stable to show us that nothing or no one is so filthy or so low that God's love cannot redeem them. Emmanuel, it means God with us, no matter what. No matter how poor or how wealthy, how lost or how found, no matter how wretched we feel or how great, we matter to God. Salvation comes to us right where we are, to the poor shepherd and the wise king, to the lowly maiden and the quiet carpenter, and to you. How do we respond to such sympathy and love? Well, here's where I bring out the scholarly big guns. <laughs> In The Little Drummer Boy, a cartoon from 1968. How many of you have seen it? Oh, please. <laughs> all right, well, here's a synopsis. <laughs> the Little Drummer Boy comes to hate all humanity when marauders kill his parents. This is a cartoon for kids, by the way. 
He roams the desert alone with only a camel, a donkey, and a lamb for company. Eventually, he winds up in Bethlehem on the very night when shepherds and wise men visit Jesus in the manger. But his little lamb, Baba, gets run over by a careless Roman chariot driver. Desperate, the little boy approaches the stable to ask the baby Jesus to heal his lamb. When he sees that the wise kings have all made their offerings to the child of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, he realizes that the only thing he has to offer is his drumming. So he closes his eyes and drums. Pa-rumpa-pum-pum. Channeling all his anger at the world, at the death of his parents, channeling all his sorrow and his longing through his drumsticks, the little drummer boy offers it all up to Jesus. And somewhere amid those drumbeats, he receives the love and eternal compassion of Christ. His song then becomes beautiful, and his rage at humanity melts away. When he opens his eyes again, a healed Baba is running toward him, bleeding with joy. And you may laugh, but I tear up every time I see this scene. (laughs) Maybe because in its own way, the little drummer boy dramatizes our relationship to God. We bring to the manger all our brokenness, and we pray for healing. And when we can open our hearts to divine love, we receive it with such joy that it enlivens us to use our gifts, our drumming, to share that love with others. Our response to the word made flesh is to incarnate that love in our daily lives. So what will be your offering to the Christ child this Christmas season? And in the coming year, what will be your song? And how will you take what you receive in the manger out into this mess of a world? In a recent Christmas exhortation, Pope Francis insisted, we the evangelizers should have on us the smell of the sheep. Our shoes should be muddy. Maybe you'll be like the well-dressed couple I saw in San Francisco on Christmas Eve some years ago. They called out to me, Father, Father, do you know where we can find the homeless in this neighborhood? as they pulled out 30 or so gift bags of Christmas presents from the back seat of their Mercedes. However you respond, remember that the ordering principle of the universe has got your back, and the baby Jesus smiles on all your efforts. May the Christ child be born in the messy manger of your heart. In this blessed season, and always. Merry Christmas. Amen.